it's Joel chapter 2. As you turn there, we'll pray together this morning. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus for the help of the Holy Ghost to come and to anoint us both to preach and to hear your word, that your name would be lifted up and glorified in this house. Lord, would you touch our hearts afresh, speak to every life, glorify your name. We ask all these mercies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Joel chapter 2 and verse 18. Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove far off from you the northern army, and will drive him into a land barren and desolate, with his face toward the east sea, and his hinder part toward the utmost sea. And his stink shall come up, and his, and his ill savour shall come up, because he hath done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty, and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts. We were looking last week at the corn and the wine and the oil as the blessing of the Lord. And this morning, I want to look at the benefits of the blessing that we're reading of today. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22, if you want to turn to that verse, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord. If there's one thing at the end of 2019, as we all peer in to the year 2020, if it comes by the grace of God, if there's one thing that we should look for, long for, and believe for, is the blessing of the Lord. It makes rich. You know, I know men have manipulated that to reduce it just to mean something financial. But I do know that God can bless you financially if you have a financial need. But it's much more than finance. The blessing of the Lord will touch every part of a man's body, 
his emotions spiritually, his mental ability, and his substance, God's blessing upon a life. I heard recently someone told me that Benny Hinn has repented of the prosperity gospel. I pray that it's a true repentance and he gives all the money to the poor. Then we'll really know that he's repented. But the blessing of the Lord is much more than pounds in your pocket. In Genesis chapter 39, I want to show you what it looks like from the Scripture. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 1. We're reading here of a type of the Lord Jesus Christ and a man called Joseph. Joseph was betrayed like the Lord by his brethren. He was thrown in a pit. He was delivered out of the pit. And he was uh, sold into slavery. And he was brought down to Egypt. But you want you want to know something wonderful this morning? The Lord was with him. And that's the most important thing in this life, that you have the Lord. That's more than anything that you can accomplish or what you can attain to. In Genesis 39, we read there that Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him of the, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him, and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, look at these words, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. You know, we are blessed today, not because of Joseph. We're blessed today because of Jesus. That's our blessing. If I could encourage you this morning, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior, that we are blessed because of Jesus. That's why we're blessed. The house of Potiphar was blessed because of Joseph. But this house this morning, these houses are blessed because of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, we quoted it last week, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Here's two important words, in Christ. Amen. This morning, if you're in Jesus, you're blessed. Would you say amen? amen. If you're in Christ, you are blessed. We see in the blessing of the Lord, the favor of God, God's blessing upon a life, upon a home, upon a community, upon a church, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. There's no strife with it. There's no grieving with it. It maketh the individual, the home, the house, the church, the work of the Lord, it maketh it to increase and make it rich. Look at the benefits this morning. If you go back to Joel chapter 2, look at the benefits of the blessing of the Lord. When God's blessing is upon 
a life or it's upon the work of the Lord. We read here in verse 19, when he sends the corn, the wine, and the oil, and brings satisfaction, it then says, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. The first thing that we note on the benefit of the blessing, that the reproach is taken away from God's people. If you look at through the scriptures, you will find that God in his dealing with his people, when he would bring them out of Egypt, when he would bring them through the Red Sea, when he brought them through the wilderness and brought them over the Jordan. In Joshua chapter 5, when they came to that place and they circumcised themselves again, the Lord said in Joshua 5 and verse 9, Today I've rolled away the reproach from, of Egypt from you. And it's lovely to know this morning, Egypt as a type of the world and sin, that we in Christ this morning, that our sins have been rolled away. It's good to know this morning that our burdens rolled away, never to come back. It's good that the reproach of sin and the, and the condemnation has been rolled away in the Lord Jesus Christ. You look throughout the Bible when David came to Goliath, that David said these words in 1 Samuel chapter 17, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? They were living in, in defeat, and they were not living in the victory that God had for them. And it was through David that David defeated the giant and rolled away the reproach that was upon Israel. And we thank Jesus this morning, that through the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that our enemy, which is the devil himself, has been defeated in the cross by the power of a risen life. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning we can rejoice that there is no longer a reproach upon our lives because of Christ. We see with uh, Israel at the time when Jerusalem was broken down, and we see that Nehemiah, who was weeping and seeking the Lord in Nehemiah 1 and 3, and heard of the remnant that had been left in that province, that they were under great affliction and reproach. And that is the purpose of God, to, to drive back or to roll away the reproach upon his people. Now, this is important because if you understand in uh, Revelation, there's seven churches Seven church ages. And when we come to the seventh age, it's the age of the Laodicean. And the, the, we understand this as we read through the Scripture. When you get to that last church in Revelation 3 and 18, the Laodicean age, we see the Lord is counseling that, that people at that time. Now they're increased with material possessions and goods. So we see here, that the blessing of the Lord isn't always and in its totality finance, because although they had material possession, we see that they were wretched and they were naked and they were blind. And the Lord's counseling of them, saying, I counsel you in Revelation 3.18. If you turn to it, we'll read it in Revelation 3 and 18. This last church age, which we are now in, the Laodicean age, we read there that the Lord is knocking on the door of that church 
And he says, I counsel thee, Revelation 3 and 18, to buy of me gold that's tried in the fire. Now this isn't purchased with money, but this is a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That if you come to me with faith in your heart, that you will be rich and your raiments will be white and you will be clothed. And then he said, and the shame, that's the reproach of your nakedness, would not appear. And I'll anoint your eyes with eye salve that you would see. And so we see here that in this last church age, that there will be an increase of wealth. That in a general sense, that there is an increase of prosperity that will come. But there is a spiritual poverty that's in the midst of that. And the Lord is knocking on the door of, of such a people and saying, come to me. Because all the money in this world and all the finances that you will accumulate in this world will not bring you the satisfaction that you're looking for. If you put your trust and your faith in me, then I'm the one that will bring you that satisfaction and that hope that you're looking for. And put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But they believed that they were in a good place. They believed that all was well. They believed as they accumulated their wealth and accumulated uh, their, their, all their material possessions, that that was an indication of their hope and their satisfaction. And brothers and sisters, as we close out a year and you get all these headlines on the news of the stars that we have lost, you know, the people that have passed in the year that's gone by, and the tragedy of most of them, or many of them, and more and more, is these are people that had accumulated and made much of this world. They were millionaires. They were financially. They had the fame. But so many of them have taken their own lives. And the Bible says the tragedy. What shall it profit a man if he should gain the world, but he would lose his own soul? You know, I, I thought it was a tragic headline. It was, it was awful to read of that man in Scotland who won, I think it was the highest that anyone has ever won, 161 million pounds on the national lottery 10 years ago. And it's a tragic just to read of his death at 71 after 38 years of marriage. The marriage had broke up. And here's a man that had accumulated or won 161 million pounds. And at the end, it's a broken life. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he would lose his soul? And the Lord pleads with the last generation, I counsel you, come to me. I'm your hope. I'm everything that you're looking for in this world. And I'll take away your nakedness. Isn't it good to know this morning that Christ was made a spectacle for us? He was stripped of everything on the cross and he clothed us in his own righteousness that we stand this morning complete in him and our shame has been taken away there's a lot of things in my past I'm ashamed of but I know in Christ this morning all my sins have been washed away and they're under the blood of Jesus Christ it's good to know that he's taken our shame away then he talks in Joel chapter 2 and verse 20 of a northern army 
Now, most of the time when we read this, we're trying to fit this into where it applies to Israel and how it applies to us in a spiritual application. We're looking at the blessing of the Lord that takes away the reproach from our lives. But not only will it take away the reproach, but then there's a northern army. And this army... We have looked at it earlier in this study over this week's. In verse 20, the prophet says, I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land that's barren and desolate. Now, this army is important and it is, it is, it, it does matter for us in the days in which we're living in. It's a representation of this plague of locusts or the plague of demons that we looked at earlier on in this study. If you go back into Joel chapter 1 to remind you, we read there in Joel 1 and 4 of a plague of locusts. And it says, That which the palmer worm hath left, the locust eaten. And that which the locusts have left, the canker worm has eaten. And that which the canker worm hath left, the caterpillar has eaten. We see here a plague of locusts. The spiritual application of this, of course, is important. Just look on down to verse 6 in Joel chapter 1. He says, There a nation has come up upon my land, strong without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek teeth of a great lion. He hath laid my vine waste, barked, and barked my fig tree. He hath made it clean bare, and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. We see this devouring army that's come, and it brings complete destruction upon the land. Now, this is important because this happens in the last days in Revelation chapter 9. It tells us clearly here that there is an, an onslaught of demonic activity. If you turn in the Revelation 9, just to remind ourselves of this plague of locusts, this northern army, in Revelation 9 and 1, it says that the fifth angel sounded a star, and I saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now verse 2 begins with this, and he opened the bottomless pit. There's a moment in history and in time that the bottomless pit is opened, and we believe and understand it to be at the end of the age. What happens when it's opened, and I know this is a lot of figurative and symbolic speech, but it's important to tie it together in Scripture. There arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. In other words, what happens is that there is a change in the atmosphere. There's a change to the times in which we're living. How many people know there's been a change? A tremendous change in our world, in our society. So when that smoke arises in the natural, if someone lights, I know you're not allowed to do it anymore, but if someone lights a bonfire in their garden and uh, then that smoke goes up, all the neighbors around the area know that someone is burning a fire. And they understand that there's a smoke. So when you smell that in the natural, spiritually here, it's speaking that there's a complete change in the atmosphere. And then it says, and there came out of the smoke, what does it say? Locusts upon the earth. Now this isn't literal. There isn't literally locusts that will be seen. And unto them was given power. 
as the scorpions of the earth have power. So these locusts come, and there's a power with the locust, and they're like the scorpion, like a scorpion sting. Verse 4 says, And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Are you glad you're sealed? I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, it's good to be sealed. We'll come to that in a minute. But whatever's happening in that world, no matter how dark and demonic it may come, if you're sealed this morning with the Holy Spirit of promise, there's not a demon in this earth can break that seal. And that's encouraging for you and I to know because that is a demon-possessed world and it will wax worse and worse. Now verse 5 says, And to them it was given that they should not kill them. And this is what's happening. You know, you just read this and take this in for a moment. But that they should be tormented five months. There's a period of time. There's a torment. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. And in those days shall men seek to die and cannot find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. If you've ever seen a world where men or women and young people are being tormented in their minds, it's today. And it is a power, it is a demonic power, that is tormenting the minds of people across this world. The greatest influence in that, in my opinion, it's only an opinion, but the greatest influence in that has been the internet. It has had a profound effect on the young of our world. And I know that's the world we're in, and that's the way it is, and we're in the 21st century. But I want to tell you something. There is a spirit of this age that's behind most of that, not all of it, and it is influencing young people and is influencing this generation more than any other generation. And people are being tormented in their mind, tormented by the powers of darkness, tormented by the influences of the media and the internet. And this is a pit that has been opened. And this pit has been opened in this last day. And only those, praise the Lord, that have the seal of God, you know, the seal of the Holy Spirit to know this morning, Ephesians 1 and 13, that ye are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. If you're born of the Spirit, then you're sealed by the Holy Ghost. And whatever's going to happen in this world, no matter how dark or demonic it may come, it's wonderful to know this morning that you're born of the Spirit of the living God, that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, that your name is written in heaven, and you're blessed of the Lord. No matter what this world do, brothers and sisters, it's going to get worse and worse. This may not be the message you particularly wanted to hear, but the Bible tells us this world will become worse and worse. But this morning we look up to glory and we know that our redemption is coming soon and we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. There is a tormenting spirit in this world in the minds of the people that do not know the Lord. But the blessing of the Lord that comes in Joel chapter 2 and verse 20, we see here the blessing of the Lord. 
The prophet says, I will remove far off from you the northern army. This plague of demonic activity. The only hope that any man has is in Jesus Christ. There is absolutely, absolutely nothing else in this world that will stand against the demonic influence of this age. There's only one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Nothing else but Jesus. I will remove from you the northern army. I will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east, his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up, and his ill savor shall come up, because he had done great things. And the prophet says these words, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Brothers and sisters, we are instructed here not to fear those things. We must speak of them because they're real. It's the reality of the day in which we're living. But for the saints, for those that are washed in the blood, the prophet says, Fear not and be glad and rejoice. For the Lord is going to do great things. Listen, the psalmist said these words in Psalm 68, if you turn over to it, because this is the blessing of the Lord. It's the presence of Almighty God. Psalm 68, verse 1, a psalm or a song of David. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him as smoke is driven away. So drive them away as wax melteth before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous, who are the righteous? Those that are saved and washed in the blood. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Here's the blessing of the Lord. It's when God comes down and scatters his enemies. You know, he's coming He's coming very soon, brothers and sisters. And when he comes in all his glory and all his power and all his might, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. When Jesus comes again, brothers and sisters, it's not end of a lowly manger, but he's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the righteous judge. And those that look for him, he shall appear even a second time. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And here we see that in the blessing of the Lord, he drives back the powers of darkness. He drives back the demonic activity. There's only one answer to it, brothers and sisters, and it's Jesus. There's only one answer, and it's Jesus. He drives back the demonic cloud and the forces of evil. He drives back the powers of darkness. May the blessing of the Lord be upon us in the year 2020. Not only is there the blessing in that He drives back the enemy, but then we see in the blessing there is an abundance of fruit. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly in the blessing, in the presence, in Christ, there is an abundance of fruit. Joel 2.22, Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree will bear her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. There comes in the blessing of the Lord an abundance of fruit, a supernatural increase in God. 
In Isaiah chapter 51, we read there, Isaiah 51 and verse 1. If you turn over, hearken to me, Isaiah 51 and verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look on to the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye were digged. Look on to Abraham your father, and on to Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. It brings an increase in the fruit. And I, I, I do believe it's a prayer that we should pray. Lord, increase us. Increase our lives spiritually. Make us fruitful. We bear much fruit to the glory of the Father. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 7, and verse 7 to 9, it says, So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. But this is only supernatural, and it's only by the power of God. But it's God that gives the increase. This is the blessing of the Lord. When God gives the increase, we need to believe God for that blessing for an increase in our lives, for an increase in the work of God, for an increase in our home, for an increase that God would supernaturally bless every life, every home, this work by the power of His Holy Spirit, that God would bless it and God would increase it. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my Spirit, saith the Lord. But this is the blessing of the Lord. God deals with the enemy. God deals with the reproach. God deals with that increase. God blesses his people and the increase comes. And it's crucial how it comes because this is important. It comes because of the blessing of the Lord. And the blessing in Israel's day was always tied in with one thing that we are very used to in the natural in Northern Ireland. It's called rain. We get a lot of it. We're really blessed. Rain. Rain is an indication in the old of God's blessing. In Joel 2 and 23, it says there, Be glad, then ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. There's a lot of instruction here about being glad and rejoicing. Being glad and rejoicing. To be thankful, to rejoice. To be glad, we're instructed not to fear, but to be glad and rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. How many people are believing for an outpouring of rain? Holy Ghost rain. The reason for the increase was because the blessing fell like rain from heaven. Showers, showers of the blessing of the Lord upon his people. When God comes, when God comes down, when God takes the field, when God intervenes, 
when God moves by his Spirit, he drives back the powers of darkness. They flee from his presence. Mountains melt at the very presence of the Lord. Fruit in the life, the blessing of the Lord, and it maketh it rich, and it comes. The blessing of the Lord falls like rain. Now in that Old Testament we read, in Leviticus 26, if you turn over, and then into Deuteronomy, rain was always a sign, or most of the time, a a sign of divine blessing except when God used it to bring judgment upon the world when he flooded the earth. It was promised to Israel when they walked in the way of the Lord. God said, you walk in my way, I'm going to bless you. Leviticus 26 and verse 3, we read of it here. If ye walk in my statutes, and you keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. When God's people walked in the way of the Lord, God said, you'll know that my blessings upon you, because I'll give you rain in due season. If you turn over in the Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 13, it says there, and it shall come to pass, If ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil. Go to the end of the book there, Deuteronomy 28, And verse 11, just follow this through. The blessing of rain upon the land was conditional to Israel's uh, walking in the statutes of the Lord. says there in Deuteronomy 28 and 11, The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open, look at this, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above all only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken, Unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe them and to do them. The Lord, look at verse 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in his season. Rain is a symbol in the new of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 32 and 33 When Peter was speaking at that time after the miracle of the lame man and they they were in prison, and he said these words, Acts 5 and 32, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. So we see there was a condition in the old for the rain to come that they walked in the statutes of the Lord, And here Peter brings the symbol of the 
Holy Spirit reign, brings it into the revelation in the New Covenant and the New Testament and says the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. Proverbs 16 and 15 says these words, In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. How we need in these days an outpouring of that rain. The Holy Spirit. You know, when you look at and study what that means, the early and the latter rains. That rain, the early rain fell in October after the long, dry, uh, hot summer. The ground was barren and dry and cracked and hardened. Uh, And then when it came into autumn, the early rains would begin to fall. The reason they fell was to help those that plowed and they would sow the seed. So the rain would come down. Those showers would begin. The farmer would rise up. He would begin to plow the land and sow the seed. And so through the winter months, October and November and December and January and February, there were still showers, sporadic showers that would fall and that would continue to saturate the land. But when you came to harvest time, the latter rain, which was around April, then there were suddenly, just at the, as they came to harvest time, God would send them showers in the latter rain. There would be an outpouring just prior to the harvest. Their showers would begin to descend, heavy showers. Anyone ever heard about April showers? We get them all year round, but there is such a thing as April showers. And so these heavy showers would begin to fall. That would be known as the latter rain. That would indicate that it's harvest time. And brothers and sisters, the early rain, the early rain came on the day of Pentecost. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit when they were all gathered in that upper room and there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there was suddenly the sound of that wind from heaven. Suddenly, 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 suddenly God moved and the Holy Spirit came. There was a man visiting here just a few weeks ago and on the way out the door, he stood and he said, I couldn't pray. And he was weeping as he stood at the door. I wanted to pray. And he was just visiting with us, but I couldn't pray. But I just felt in the spirit to share with you. He says, I felt that word suddenly. There's going to be showers. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, I could have wept and run up and down Main Street because I witnessed with this spirit that we have had over these 2,000 years outpourings of the Holy Ghost. He never stopped outpouring the Spirit. He never stopped pouring out of the Holy Ghost. Never. He's still pouring out His Holy Spirit today. And we have known of His blessing. We have known of the filling of the Holy Ghost. We have known of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We have seen the blessing of the Lord in all of our lives. And He continually pours out His Spirit from the day of Pentecost. But there is a lot of rain. There is an end time latter rain. It's found here in the scripture. We see it as God brings forth the type in agriculture as he often did to bring the reality to us that there is an end time outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The rain fell and continues to fall. But brothers and sisters, there is a latter rain. And those are heavy showers that come from heaven. As we know, it's harvest time. 
It's time that we bring in a harvest for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hosea said these words in Hosea chapter 6, Come, and let us return to the Lord, for He hath torn, He will heal us, He has smitten, He will bind us up. After two days He will revive us, and in the third day He will raise us up, and we shall live in His sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord that is going forth, is prepared as the morning, and He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain on the earth. Brothers and sisters, at the end of 2019, it nearly feels strange to be talking about, I don't know about you, but the talk of 2020. I'm still thinking it's 1988 or something, but it's actually 2019. I don't know what's happened. And we still think that Jack's only about a year old and then he walks into the room and he's 20. The years just go fast. And most of us are saying how quick 2019 has gone. But one thing, as we look into this year, more than anything else, our, we had a chat last night and we were saying, what would be your aspirations for the year ahead? What would be your wants for the year ahead? Brothers and sisters, if there's anything, you know, I know there's a few things I'd, I'd like to share, but, you know, one of those things would definitely be, Lord, we need your blessing as we go into this year. We can't go forward without you. And, you know, we might be tired and weary at the end of the year. The Bible says even young men get weary. I think I'm still in the young men bracket, but I'm going to claim it anyway. But even young men get weary. But, you know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And there's a blessing. There is a blessing in Christ. You know, you know, we walk in the other day, and I'm, you're all the same. We walked through. We were over in the Abbey Center, and uh, oh, what a place. I was like a tribulation, but we got through it anyway. And uh, we're in there. We met Ronnie. He was there too. So, <laughs> and uh, we're walking through it. But you know, the saddest thing, honestly, the saddest thing shows you where this world's at. And see young girls walking down hands in hand and kissing, and men walking around. Nikki says to me, What do you think Sodom looked like? And I honestly, I believe he just looked like this. They just were going on with their lives, doing their thing, and getting in the, involved in all the depravity of this age. It's a demonic, possessed world. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm so thankful that I'm saved. And as we look into this year, I know what your heart is in mind. We want to see household salvation. We want to see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We want an increase, not for ourselves. Not that we can say, oh, we're rich and we're good. But an increase, an outpouring, the early and the latter rain. Lord, would you pour out your blessing upon your people, upon your work across this land, upon every work that there is that's serving the Lord. Lord, pour out your blessing upon us. Give us an increase that we have never known before, that we cannot contain it. And Lord, glorify your name because surely, brothers and sisters, he's about to come. Surely, as it was, so it shall be. We're living in those days. I'm going to tell you, friends, the only hope we have. You know, at the end of the Lord tarries, at the end of 2020, at the end of 2020, and I say this, and the Lord knows what you say, but at the end of 2020, if you have no home, if you have very little food on the table, 
If you didn't have a car, because many believers across the world live this way, if you maybe didn't have your freedom to come to a church like this, if you maybe didn't even have your health, I'm going to tell you something. At the end of 2020, if you have Jesus, you have absolutely everything. Because this world's being shaken. If your hope and your trust is in this world and the things that it has to offer, I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, you're going to be disappointed. But to walk with God, to live for him, to know him as your saviour, to know the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. It enriches you. And there's no sorrow with it. Brothers and sisters, is there anything else that can come close to the blessing of the Lord? He is our everything. He is our all in all. Lord, bless your people in the year ahead. Give us the latter rain. The latter rain. Give us the increase that only you can do. And let's trust them and believe them together in Jesus' name. Let's stand together as we pray. Amen. Brother David, come.